What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wind Down with Jana Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. Okay, so super excited about this week's episode. Um, we have Zach Clark um, coming on the show. He was the winner of Tasha's season of the recent Bachelorette. Um, so su- we're super excited to talk all about um, his road to recovery from his addictions and just... Um, his road to being the victor on the Bachelorette. The victor. The victor. <laughs> the victor. Um, also super excited because we have Pittsburgh Pam joining us today. Hey, Pittsburgh Pam. Hey, hey. So Pammy is a... Uh, Pamlin, sorry. Pammy. Pammy. <laughs> Pamlin is an amazing friend. Um, we actually met uh, in Los Angeles, and then I told her, you know, we were moving to Nashville, and then when she was debating moving, I was like, come move in our sub. So now we're neighbors. <laughs> And it's just our, our daughters are besties. Our, yeah, that's great. Our, yeah, the daughters are besties. Um, she's just extraordinaire of everything oh, and crafts. Wow. Honestly, like I said this the other day when I was with the kids, how do you? Because I'm just not a crafty mom, and sometimes I feel really bad about that. Like I feel, I feel guilty. We all have our strengths, my dear. Well, and <laughs> yeah, but your strengths kind of go across the board here. Yeah, because your strengths are like, I mean, you like. The stuff that you do in the neighborhood with the kids. And I mean, even when Jolie comes over, it's like, oh, man, you made that over at, you know, at Pamela's house. And like the kids come here and they're like, we watched Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like. We played with Play-Doh. <laughs> how do you, I mean, 
do you just love doing arts and crafts or was it something that your mom did with you? Yeah, I mean, it was something like I like grew up doing. Like my mom is definitely, you know, like that. Um, and so I think, yeah, you're just like taught and it's just kind of like all you know. So then I had these like two little girls and, you know, started doing it. And now I like created these monsters where it's like if we're not making something super fun or doing something creative, they're like, um, why aren't we doing, you know, crafts today? And I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done? But it, it's definitely fun. Sometimes I do need a, a break, so. You set the standard so high so yeah. early that you, you, there's no way back. Yeah, all my like friends are like, man, you really messed up. Like you just, you know, <laughs> you, you did it wrong. I mean, mm -hmm. set, set them low. You guys are the ones where, you know, we have a lot of neighborhood kids that are around the same age. And when, you know, your oldest comes to the bus stop and the other kids, I'll come to the bus stop. <laughs> like, like look her up and down. <laughs> say, uh, say all the, yeah, first of all, your daughter is dressed better than the I, adults. And then Pamela goes, oh, I made that from like the curtain thing. Right, the leftover <laughs> like, of curtain Of course you fabric. did last night. <laughs> and then like say all the kids had like a science project. Everyone else would have like rubber bands and like some sticks or something. And <laughs> Pamela would have to get like a trailer to haul like her daughters up the street because it's so big and perfect. And oh, you guys are the way it is. too kind. And you have a book coming out. I do. Tell us about the kids book coming out. Thank it's you. It's actually... No, it's a it's a kid's book, but also you go. You, yeah, you explain it. Okay. Um, so the book is called Gratitude the Great, and it is a children's picture book. But um, and it's all about gratitude and kind of you know ways to incorporate daily gratitude rituals, you know, mm -hmm. into your lives. And we all know that like children aren't just going to come up with these things. It's the parents that have to initiate it mm -hmm. and really, um, you know instill that message like into children early and it's just so much more than saying like thank you that's not like the gratitude that I'm talking about I'm talking about like gratitude from your soul and like knowing like you know feeling actual gratitude like you know somebody did something so nice for you like let's feel it because it's a feeling and then mm -hmm. let's act on it by you know writing a note or making sure we you know say special things to people but there's all these different rituals that like we do as a family um that i also like incorporate into this like very special story and you know again it is a kid's book but it's like, so good like i said before you know um, the best virtues in the world are not taught, they're caught. So mm -hmm. it's like we as parents have to live these lives, you know, of gratitude and, and all these other amazing virtues out there. Um, and then our kids will just follow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, gratitude, I call it like the greatest natural superpower mm -hmm. in the world. It is, does not discriminate. Mm -hmm. It is free to the entire universe and it can change your life. Like if you start your foundation as a child living in gratitude, it, I mean, there's science behind it. You know, it will forever like change the trajectory of your life. And so I'm so passionate about it. It's changed my life. So I wrote a children's book about it and it's coming out May 4th. So they should follow you on your Instagram. Yes. Is... Um, House of Bashery and also, um, gratitude the great i now have an instagram handle yay. for that yay how did you or how do you with with your daughters because i feel like you know it'd be simple or easier to, to teach or, or show them how to be grateful or, or express gratitude when someone does something nice for you right and do something in return out of gratitude how do you do it where it's more of a because you know as adults we're 
if you do some work, mm-hmm. you're able to have those moments of gratitude where Jan and I will share them. They'll just kind of come, right? They'll, it's almost like a daydream. You're mm-hmm. just like, man, I'm just so grateful for where so my like life this is. High it, on this life right, thing. like yeah. in that moment. So, mm-hmm. have you addressed that with your girls, and how do you kind of, you know, help push them along to understand that concept of gratitude? Yes, um, right. Because like when you know, little kids, it's a it's a lot of the tangible like present things right and so um one thing we do we call it pillow chat and it's at night um and this is like in the book but um we have this heart crystal and we think that like you know crystals like you know send out all this great like energy and so we each hold the crystal and we talk about like um, something that we were like grateful for that happened today or, um, you know, a feeling that we were grateful for today. So it's not, not about like, I got a, you know, I got a new LOL doll. Right. It's, right. it's nothing like that. And so, you know, I always go first to kind of like set the tone and it's, you know, nothing that's tangible. It's like, you know, I'm so grateful for picking those flower, beautiful flowers with you on our special mommy and daughter walk today. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of then go with that same theme. It's like that kid in class who like, you know, what's your favorite thing? The one first kid says, and then the, all the kids say the same thing. Right. So it's kind of like setting the tone. Um, so we do that every night. And then I, what I noticed, we've been doing it for years. And what I noticed is then they're able to kind of acknowledge those special moments and feelings then like throughout the day like I mean so many times you know me and Harlow will be driving and she's like mommy these trees are so beautiful like I'm so grateful to see them that's awesome mm-hmm. you know and that then it just like I was saying then it just kind of snowballs and then it just becomes your normal life mm-hmm. and then you know and then when you get older and tough things start to happen you know, and you're like salty at the world, mm-hmm. you know, because something bad happened, you can then hopefully like pull in those tools to find the beauty and things that, you know, money can't buy or. That's so awesome. Yeah, I love that. And Mike and I have kind of similar to that, like we've been saying every morning, like I'm grateful for you. And it kind of mm-hmm. just sets mm-hmm. the tone of the day mm-hmm. so that we're not high on like negative energy or you know it's Mm -hmm. just like we are acknowledging each other taking a second to yeah we just wanted to start the day we just found ourselves like contesting each other early in the day Mm -hmm. at times like why it's like why can't we just start with like almost like clean slate right so even if the night before wasn't great or the day before wasn't great we're refreshing that morning being like look i'm grateful for you because at the end of the day i am or I appreciate you or whatever it is. And also like, you know, just like the the energy of that coming out of your mouth uh-huh. and sending that message to the universe, you know, yep. is going to get like bounced back to you. Um, and so it's kind of like if you're ever thinking something that's nice, say it. Say mm-hmm. it to anybody, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you're so good at that. I feel like, Jana, you're always like, you know, you guys are so <laughs> such nice. Like, to the window, to the wall. <laughs> um but it, it really, I think, you know, makes a difference. And so I just wanted to do this book to try to like, just keep, you know, encouraging parents, like this is our job, That's you know, so and cool. we need a reminder yeah. all the time. You're right. Well, I love you, Pittsburgh, Pam. Thanks for coming on. You're Thank also you a big, uh, big bachelorette, bachelor fan. Yes. Um, so excited to get Zach Clark on. Let's take a break and then we'll get him on. <laughs> Hey there, did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? 
Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. You wake up with a sore throat and a low grade fever. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are, well, get sicker and miss work. Hope to see a doctor this week or sit hours in a crowded urgent care waiting room. Nope, not me. I have a smarter option because listen, as a mom, we cannot afford to get sick. So therefore moms, I got something for you my medical emergency kit. When you get your own medical emergency kit, you just match your symptoms to the doctor recommended prescription in your kit. No waiting to see the doctor. You get well faster. This is not a first aid kit. It's like having an urgent care in your home. It includes doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues like COVID, strep throat, pneumonia, all kinds of infections, including UTIs and many more. Plus a doctor's guide. So you'll know exactly which med to take and how. As a working mom of three, like I said, I cannot afford to get sick and I definitely don't have hours to spend in the urgent care waiting room. My medical emergency kit brings me peace of mind. It makes me feel so much better knowing I can be prepared for whatever might come up. And also with a young little baby, I got to stay healthy. I recently used the anti-nausea medication included in the kit. I was shocked by how much better I felt after taking it. The instructions in the kit are super clear and easy to understand. And I'm so glad I have my medical emergency kit on hand. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit 
Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash Jana and use promo code Jana. That's promo code Jana at twc.health slash Jana. All right, so we have uh, Mr. Bachelorette winner himself, Zach Clark, with us on the show today. Zach, how you doing, man? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I was really excited about you. I first of all, I was a huge fan of you on the show. I've I, I got to be honest, and, and Pittsburgh Pam knows this. I um I never really watched an entire season. Um, I usually watch like the beginning, and then I'll maybe watch the end. Um, but Tasha was by far the best bachelorette ever. I mean, she was just really confident. She was, you know, just so true. Um, and I loved watching you because I was like, okay, thank you. Like someone that has depth and that has a journey and has been through and, you know, but you come in with such confidence. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, this is my favorite dude right here. I'm like, I hope he wins. Mm -hmm. Like, he's awesome. I just love your whole journey. And then obviously we talk a lot about addiction on the show. Um, So I'm just excited to get in on all of it right now. But so, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I guess one of the things that I was kind of curious was because you seemed so confident describing your Mm -hmm. journey with Taysha. Did you, because it didn't come off like you were nervous at all. I mean, are you just kind of like, this is my life and this is what I've been through in the addictions and, or were you nervous telling her that thinking, oh man, she might send me home? I mean, I mean, my attitude around that was, it's just like any other date I've been on, right? Like mm-hmm. if she's not going to love me for who I am, then it's better that we, we end this thing now than get into it and, and come to find out that there's going to be an issue there. So um for me like i'm really proud of who i am and mm-hmm. it's a huge part of me my recovery obviously and it allows me to live the the badass next level life that i get to live so yeah i was just gonna lay it all out there and she obviously that was one of her, the things that i was most attracted to in her is that not only with me but with all the guys there she was able to take on a lot of you know hold space for us and yeah, I think you saw there were some guys there who've been through some stuff. So I, I definitely noticed that early on with her. Was that when you when you talked about the addiction in your past and everything, you know, whether on screen or off, did she show a lot of understanding? Because there's some people that don't really understand the concept unless they're directly affected by addiction or they just have never experienced any kind of it. So was she understanding of the whole concept of what it means and all that? She was definitely open-minded to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny, Mike. I I think my experience in life has told me usually you tell someone you're a drug addict or an alcoholic or whatever it is, and it goes one of two ways. It's like, you know, they, they know that there's a family member or someone that they've been associated with in their lives that, that have struggled with it. And so they have, you know, some knowledge or education around the topic, or they know nothing about it. And they want to throw you in this bucket of like, mm-hmm. this dude is weird or sick or whatever it is. And it's funny. She was kind of in the middle. Like she didn't have any direct, I think, experience with it, but she definitely had an open mind and, and she asked her all the right questions. And some of the things you hear earlier on, like, what, can I drink and then kiss you? I'm like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet though. Yeah. That's yeah. It is sweet that she was conscious of even that. Yeah. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. How did, how was it when you did the, the hometown dates? Cause I don't remember, I don't, maybe you guys did talk about it, but I don't remember it being aired. Um, was that something that you talked about with her dad or 
So I'm trying to think how that played. First of all, the hometowns, you know, I caught a lot of because I did mine in New York City, quote unquote, and I'm from Philly. So Philly was not happy. You don't want Philly against you ever. (laughs) No, do not mess with Philly. It's all right. It's a long life. I'll make it up to him. Um, No, I think her dad, yes, I I got into what I do for work with Mm -hmm. her old man. And I think that spoke to my just general experience in life. It's kind of like, okay, I run these programs and do interventions and help people get sober. Okay, how did you get involved in that? Then that always leads into, Mm -hmm. I don't really have much to hide behind because it's not like I'm sober and I work in finance. I'm sober (laughs) and I work in the field. It's like, it kind of hits you right in the face. So mm-hmm. we got into it and, you know, he was super uh, open-minded to it, to it all, which I appreciated. Was, uh, you know, in release recovery, which is, which is the, uh, you know, what you founded with your buddy, Justin, is it 12 step based or is there a lot of other elements to it? Look, we're big believers in 12 step. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen, we've seen the 12 steps, obviously, um, change a lot of lives and it's it's crazy to think that like you know uh the stockbroker and this doctor back in the 1930s like got together and and wrote the big book of alcoholics anonymous and that's still like mm-hmm. getting a ton of people sober today but i will say that you know in our programs there are guys and girls that come in that are super resistant to 12 step and it's our job to kind of you know, just be Sherpas and tell them that like, that's okay. You know, and there's other programs or there's other ways to get connected, but it's not just because you're not into 12 step recovery does not mean you have an excuse to not get connected to other human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not going to let that be a front. Um, and we're very clear on that, 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 you know, from, from, from the outset. Have you, have you had people come through that have suffered from sex and love addiction? Yeah, of course, man. Like we always, we always talk about, right? Like seven, it's kind of like seven trash cans, five lids. I mean, a lot of times when, when we see people get sober, that's when a sex addiction flares up or an mm-hmm. eating disorder flares up. And, you know, I, I never personally, um, had the sex thing. Uh, I know a lot of people who have, and it's real. Um, Mike, I read a little bit about you, man. Congrats on, on some of the stuff you're doing. It's, it's sure. uh, inspiring for sure. And it's for a man to come out and be open with that stuff is cool. You know, like I need guys like you in my corner. So uh, no question right back at you. I'm curious though about, cause I, I always like feel for Mike because if someone says, yeah, I'm an alcoholic or I'm a, a you know, I'm in, I was a drug addict. They're like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. But when Mike <laughs> says that he's a sex addict, people are like, Oh, like it's, it's like this. There's still a stigma around it. Yeah. Where it's, they either don't believe it or they think it's an excuse or, I mean, how are you, I guess, like with your recovery and um, addiction program you're doing, it's like, how, how are you helping, I get not like normalize this addiction, but also to make the person not feel so shameful and with any of their addictions? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal for me. And, and I think it's one of the things that as my career, my life continues to evolve that word stigma. I don't even know how I feel about it. Right. Like sometimes I feel like when I use that word, it, it, it stigmatizes it more almost, you know, mm-hmm. because of just like the sound, I don't know, something weird with that word. It's like, I, I feel like we're actually doing ourselves a disservice. I mean, I think for me, that just comes back to sharing my experience with people, like really being able to sit them down and, you know, aside from getting engaged to Tasha and having this beautiful love story unfold, like one of the beautiful things that's come of the show is just this ability to say to people who are in early recovery, like, look, literally anything is possible if you just fasten your seatbelt. 
and do some of these things and have a willingness to be honest and, and share with people. Um, and I think it's one of the biggest hurdles that we face in early recovery is just that guilt, that shame. How do I date? How do I go out and have a drink? You know, um, certainly with the sex addiction thing and, and guys that I know who have struggled with that. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt and shame around that. And then for their partner, you know, sticking it out with them and, and all that that comes with it and having kids, you know, it's, it's, it's messy and it's gnarly, but um, there's hope for sure. With you being in recovery for the past, you've been sober since what, 2011? Yeah, August 2011. So for the last, you know, going on 10 years, and this being your your career too, do you find it difficult to not, like, say, put yourself on the show, for instance, where you have all these guys who are drinking, are doing these things, where you, like, try not to be judgmental, be like, man, that guy probably needs to come to my program, or, like, how do you kind of compartmentalize <laughs> or separate that so you don't have this, like, judgmental mindset in certain moments like that? Yeah, I've had to really learn to you know keep to myself on some of that stuff and and just be be there when people need me you know and i think some of my best work has has been done by me saying nothing at all and just having people watch the way that i live and i've had more people come back to me and say it wasn't what you what you said it's more of what i saw you know that was attractive to the way you were living your life um typically when i call someone out on their sh- or have an opinion it doesn't go well you know it just doesn't because they're not ready to hear it no addicts don't like to be called out come on (laughs) i can can see that i mean some of the greatest virtues are you know caught not taught it's like you know by showing is is probably better than calling out for sure i love that Mm -hmm. i'm curious like you know, because Tasha isn't doesn't know this world as much. Obviously, you're helping her. Is there resources that you know? Do do you think she should go, to, or have you encouraged her to go to like an Al-Anon or a, any of those places so that she can understand or learn more about you know just behaviors and and things like that? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 super cool. I mean, like, yes, obviously, there's great resources out there mm-hmm. with. With, with Al-Anon and Narnon and just family support groups and a lot of treatment programs have, you know, uh, parent support groups and that type of thing or, or, or partner support groups. So those things are all um, things that we've started to discuss and I think we'll get into a little bit more. Obviously exposing herself to, to my personal recovery and what that looks like and then, you know, as she gets to know some of my friends, you know, like going on a trip with a couple of my buddies who are sober and like their wives or partners are not mm-hmm. and like being able to connect with them on that level to show that like one, you know, we have a load of fun still and we're not mm-hmm. like you know, wet blankets and, and two that she's not alone. Right. Like that there's other people out there. Like we always joke every wedding I go to, I'm the last man standing. All the other people are blacked out. <laughs> so. I love that. What's the hardest part of sobriety for you? Like what's the biggest challenge with staying sober? I get that question a lot. And I mean, it, it, it might sound untrue, but the hardest part of sobriety was living the way I used to live. Mm. You know, like this, this, this thing is not um, hard to do. Uh, on a daily basis, like the obsession to drink and drug for me has, has, has like lifted, you know, I don't, I don't think about that stuff. I guess if I had to say one thing, like I feel a lot, you know, I feel a lot. It's just like, I, yeah. I feel other people. I feel my, shit. and, uh, you know, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy that, uh, lives my life. Like 
I always feel like I'm missing out on something. Like I'm a hard charger, but even if I have like some crazy ass day, like I'll, I'll, I'll think about like the one shot I missed, you know, and, and that's just me wanting to be perfect and having a little compassion for myself. So. And were you that like sense. that at all before the addictions? Like, did you have, cause you seem like you have this like amazing zest for life and just like, you know, full of joy and this light. Were you, were there pieces of you like that before? And then you kind of just found them again or what's that about? Hell yeah. I mean, I had a lot of fun when mm -hmm. I mean, like in high school, I was like, <laughs> you know, my superlative was life of the party, you know? And like, <laughs> I figured, yeah. You know, and so it was fun for a while. Um, it was fun for a long time. And I still to this day have people in my life that I'll say, dude, like you didn't have an issue. I was like, bro, you were not out on the street with me <laughs> doing what I was doing. <laughs> like, I definitely, let's just stop it right there. So, yeah, I think there's, but there's also, I think the, the other things, like when I did get sober and I did start to, you know, live a different way, it was hard for some of those people in my life like there were pieces of me that definitely died, right. you know, and like in some areas I was a little bit more serious and a little bit more reserved. And some of my closest friends and family had to say like, are you okay? Are you good? Everything all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. Like I'm just not faced, you know, right. like, so. Uh, Zach, when was, cause I feel like, you know, we can relate in a way or well, in a lot of ways, but also, you know, obviously there's a lot of spotlight on you right now and with the addiction and with your past and in th your journey, you know, I've, I've had issues with the, the spotlight on me as well around my addictions and everything. And I'm trying to be a pillar of support for other men out there who struggle with addiction, let alone sex addiction. And, but I find myself because, you know, I've been in the program four years, a year sobriety, but I find myself still doubting my own, you know, not my own recovery or strength and things, but just doubting myself where it's like, why would someone want to like hear from me? Like, why would someone want to, you know, learn from me? Because I make up when you have 10 years, it's a lot easier. So I guess my, my question is, at what point during your recovery, did you start to see, like, really let go of that shame and feel confident in helping more people see, you know, be recovered? I think the old saying is like at five years you get your marbles back so not to <laughs> but definitely that first year like my brain just needed to heal like i just needed to like take a time out um and then i think after that like i really started to find my footing with, with some of my language and you know i'm a people pleaser by nature so you know i, I learned how to say no you know and that was huge for me um and I really just leaned into the fact that like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of smart ass people out there with Ivy League degrees and, and whatever else it is. But like my greatest experience or my, my greatest asset is my experience and just leaning into that. And like, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't, I mean, you know how it is, Mike, like I had to learn how to be honest. I had to learn how to like yeah. truly be honest and not care what the other person said and then actually like say things that I used to be in so much fear about and have the person across the table react like, Oh, that's cool. And like, wait, you're not going to like, I'm not in trouble. I didn't do something wrong oh here. My gosh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Story of my life right there. So. <laughs> I mean that right there, what, what you just said, cause that's you, I, you were always afraid that you were going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, just be honest, you know? Um, for anyone that's listening that is having a hard time, what are, what are some of the first steps to, 
to, you know, to just be more honest and where can they find help? Like what are some great resources and talk about, you know, what you're doing at release recovery? I appreciate that question. I mean, you know, the hardest thing is asking for help Mm -hmm. for me. Like that's like, that's, that's the biggest thing. And there's nothing more heartbreaking than like when we get a call and we go in and we start to consult with the family and, you know, we're going to plan this family meeting where we're going to, I mean, I hate the word intervention, but essentially intervene, you know, and um, seeing that person on day zero, you know, and, and the family being a mess and all that stuff, um, you know, and still having that person, like the identified patient, if you will say no, is, is heartbreaking. And, but it, it's what keeps me coming back because I've seen that person, like I've been to that guy's wedding, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's like, that's the true gift in all this. Right. And it takes time and patience because recovery is not an overnight matter, but yeah, asking for help. I mean, um, you know, here at, at release recovery, like we've built, we've built a family and a community. That's just, the doors are always open and the phone is always open. So certainly, you know, release recovery.com. You can check us out. If you call our main line, like we're going to get you pointed in the right direction. Absolutely. 100%. Um, we started a, a non-for-profit early last year, the Release Recovery Foundation, where we're scholarshiping people who can't afford it to to go get some help. I've, you know, for many years worked in this world where it's a lot of private pay, um, people who can, t- quite frankly, afford our services. And I just, we just saw a huge need in the market to, to help those that couldn't afford it. So I got my shirt on today. We're going to be launching our 2021 fundraiser. Awesome. Um, and all, all the proceeds from this guy is going to go towards, uh, women and, and people of color getting getting treatment because those are two communities that are really underserved in our world and and borderline disrespected you know like i was in treatment with a bunch of white males and this, the team that treated me was all you know white you know or whatever it was and so we're passionate about about the work and then and then obviously like you know there's google it you know there's plenty of phone numbers out there to call and there's 12-step communities and smart recovery and refuge recovery and a lot of things that you can do that are that are free so asking for help once you do that the sky's the limit so is is release recovery is it inpatient or outpatient or both i think the best way to describe it so we're a full service uh recovery company so we have uh, a 17 bed program for men north of new york city about 45 minutes in westchester county mm-hmm. um and then we have two programs in the city one for men and one for women so 40 beds and that's uh it's all transitional living so people that are coming out of treatment Okay. And uh, struggling with drug addiction or some mental illness stuff, we we help get them back up on their feet. They stay with us about three to six months, and then uh, you know some of the other work we do with case management and some of the intervention consultation stuff I was talking about. So we do a lot. We've seen it all. Some gnarly going on. You know, and you did. You went to inpatient rehab. Yeah, I did four and a half months at a place out in Pennsylvania. Okay. You know, I've it's always been a a topic for me that I'm always interested in because I commend and respect guys that have gotten sober without doing inpatient treatment. I just know for me personally, I never would have been able to, if it didn't spend the 60 days I did inpatient, but you know, is that something for you? I mean, not to say you doubt people that don't do something like that, but is it something where you're just like, if you're talking to somebody off the street and you're like, Hey, you got to get into something. It's not just going to meetings. It's not just doing that. There's got it. You have to kick for me again. I have to kickstart that. You got to find out where all this comes from in my personal opinion, but 
I just want to know your take on it being in the business. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a product of treatment, right? right? Like that's, I'm never gonna tell any, like if you can go to treatment, go. You know, who yeah. doesn't want to take a month, two months, three months to really work on themselves? Yeah. Um, and my, I went twice. The first time I went for a month, I was married at the time. Mm. And the best thing to come out of that was my wife learned what a boundary was. And the next time I got high, she kicked my ass out, you know? And for the next eight months I was ripping and running and, and whatever happened, happened. And then I, you know, I ended up back in treatment for four and a half months. and. Mm-hmm that was what I needed to do. And, uh, I'm very grateful for that experience. So if you can do the treatment, do treatment. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta, well, first of all, I mean, I love everything, this conversation. I was just thinking when you said your ex-wife, cause I'm one of the reasons why I didn't leave Mike was I was like, I don't want someone else to get the version that like I deserve, that I worked for, that I have like, that you thought you're going to get, that I thought I was going to get. Like, I'm not going to get duped. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not going to go through this pain and then have somebody else get you. Like, nah, like, <laughs> and you're you too, haven't made too, it easy the last five years. You're too stubborn. No, for that. I'm like, you know, so it's like, I, I can only imagine, you know, I'm sure she's so happy for you, you know, but as, as the other side, I'd have been like, damn it. <laughs> like now yeah, she, you're amazing and so cool. happy and you know, she's cool. She saved my life. I hope she knows that, you know, and like, I always say like Mike, nice job, but the true heroes and all this are the family members, you 100%. know, and like the, the people that stand by us. Cause like, <laughs> There's no question. We can dude. talk. We can talk offline, but it's you know we it's yeah. You guys are the heroes, and and that's you know I was saying it yesterday. I was talking to a friend, and like we get to go away. Mike was saying like treatment, like and the focus for us for however long we're there is just on us, and you guys are still out in the real world with kids and yeah. other family members and jobs, and you don't have in terms of education and resources and tools. So we're the lucky ones. Yeah, dang. I I agree with that. <laughs> that's sweet. I, like I really needed that validation after all those years. Ah. You're doing a good job. Pittsburgh Pam, what you got? Um, Zach, do you think that like, you know, because of your recovery that it really kind of prepared you almost like for the show? Because I noticed that you were just always so like chill with the process and it didn't seem to be like any of it affected you when I there's a lot of guys that come in and just too much stuff gets in their head and then they end up like sabotaging themselves and their whole experience but I just like did not notice any of that with you no I mean I think my my life prepared me for that moment honestly and not just the recovery piece but Mm -hmm. I come from a really good family and, you know, um, I I was joking because it's like, you know, rehab, right? Like this season, and I don't know anything about the bat, like this whole thing was all new to me, but apparently there's a lot of travel and other stuff and other seasons, but we were in this bubble, which for me, it was like treatment again, right? right? Take your phone. I'm like, sweet. I'm back in rehab, like chase some cute girl and, and, and talk about your feelings in this camera. I'm like, I can do that. (laughs) You were made for it. I know that like gratitude and like Tasha has talked about you just being such like a thankful man has been like really important. And, you know, one of the reasons that like she fell in love with you, do you do any like specific type of like gratitude practices or is it just something that you just like, you know, exude from your body, like on a daily basis, or is it more of like a ritual of something that you do? No, yeah, I appreciate. I mean, look, I try to live in gratitude. Obviously, um, that's that's like one of the 
my core beliefs. We have to be grateful. Um, and I just, I mean, I have my daily routine that on my good days, like I'm, I'm up early in the morning, I'm meditating, I'm getting centered, I'm doing the things that I need to do in order to, you know, mm-hmm. walk out into the world and, and, and be a, be a human. And, um, for me, like, you know, whether you believe in like God for me is like an act, it's a verb, it's an action word, you know, like you, you, for sure. I'm able to show that in my daily life. And, certainly i've done gratitude lists and i believe in the power of like pen to paper and writing and that kind of thing so um yeah i don't know that's what i got there i i have a question about because i know like living with an addict and mike always says he's like i can't i can't say i'll never do this again and he's like that's right is that's kind of like you you said like in program like you can't say you you'll like you're gonna live like you'll never do to like you want you how do you say it so i don't know it's there's just no, unfortunately, being an addict, you lose the privilege of using the word never or claiming that you'll never do something again. So because of that, you know, sometimes I have that fear because there have been a few relapses and, you know, and he kind of knows like where I'm at. Like there's only so much personally that I think the other person that's gone through it can go through where it's just like I got I have nothing left. Right. Like there's. So I'm curious, like, have you had those conversations with Tasha about, you know, like, is she fearful of a relapse? Because that's, that's my biggest fear is like, okay, we put in all this work and I'm like, I'm fearful for the, if there's a next one, because I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I have everything out there, our life, our work, everything we do together. And it's like, and it's like, well, I, I pray today he shows up, but it's, it's hard. So it's like, I don't. Has that been something that, you know, y'all have talked about with fears that potentially come up around that? Or are you just, I mean, because you are 10, you know, 10 years strong in it that you don't have really that fear or she doesn't? No, I mean, that's uh, it's a real thing. I mean, I've heard about guys with 25 years going back out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and for whatever reason, and, and life comes at you fast. Like, I, I don't, that's part of, I think, having a partner in life, you're going to go through trials and tribulations together. I mean, I have explained to her and no offense to her or to you or anyone else who dates someone like myself, Mike, <laughs> is that our recovery, like for me, I'll speak to myself, like my recovery must come first, right? And, and, and it has to, no matter what, and everything else kind of stems off of that. And when I'm living that way, I got a pretty good shot to stay in this thing. Um, but we've had conversations about that and what that looks like. And, you know, I think she understands that if something was to happen down the line, like we would have to really have a conversation and see what that looks like. And there's different degrees to a relapse. Like, mm-hmm. did I go out on a tough day and mm-hmm. get hammered? Cause I was feeling sorry for myself or did I, you know, end up, you know, Shoot. with a needle in my arm, you know, yeah, like in yeah. everything in between. Sure. So. so setting that, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, you know, we have certain, the boundaries and the circles and circle of recovery. But yeah. And what I've told Jana, I was like, at least for me, you'll see the writing on the wall before it gets to that point, before it gets to that, you know, blow up inner circle, step outside the marriage again. Like there's, it's going to be a transitional thing for me. It's not yet. Yeah, no, yeah. you hope not. But just the way I am with my emotions now and you being able to read me like a book and it, asking me what's wrong or are you okay before I even have the intelligence to express it. Like you read me like a book. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one question that I remember the question I was going to ask earlier. 
Zach, before we let you go, and it was about family, and you're talking about you know you have a great family and all that stuff, and and you're commending the it, it is the your your significant others, it is the people around you, those are the real heroes, and you know guys like our people like us in in our lives that have been able to to, to find recovery. I know that my parents went through, and maybe still at times go through periods of guilt and shame where they they almost want to blame themselves. And I've I've said this numerous times on, on this show and in other interviews where I'm like what I explained to my parents is like, you could take say I was a twin and we had the same life experience that went through the same things, the same memories or whatever he or she could turn out completely different than I did. He or she could have went in a different direction, could have handled feelings a different way, regardless of, you know, us being raised the exact same way. So have your parents, did your parents ever express that to you? Like, did they feel responsible in a way and how did you kind of, you know, mend that? There's a, there's a couple of things through my work. I've I've really become grateful for my family because I think in the grand scheme of things and looking at all the families I've worked with, my family's actually pretty healthy, you mm-hmm. know. And like, there's a lot of families out there that that struggle. And and one of the things I try to tell not just my family but the the families that we work with is this whole it, it sucks. Like this whole recovery thing sucks and treatment thing sucks because there's just no playbook. Like you got someone with cancer, you got someone with diabetes, you got some like here you go. This is what you got to do. And you do these things and you support them and you love them and you bake them cakes and hopefully they, you know, get, get well. But with this thing, it's like, you know, parents can, can do everything right. And still, mm-hmm. you know, being going to their kid's funeral. And that's just a reality of, of this world we live in. So for me, it's just important to let my parents know that I love them and that I'm grateful for them. Um, one of my favorite parts of the entire season if you will which i don't even like to think of it like that because it was real life for me was the opportunity to sit there and just tell my mother you know like what she has meant to me because she will be there when when is going wrong but she'll never take credit when things are going right you know and like Mm -hmm. so trying to let her know how much she's meant to me in my journey um but yeah parents always feel guilty and uh it's it's one of the hardest things to to live through because at the end of the day, Mike, like, I know you're not a bad guy. I know I'm not a bad mm-hmm. guy, but like we do things that make us look like bad people. So. Oh, yeah. You got anything else? Ladies? No, you're just such a good dude. Thank you for sharing your story and your journey. And I just, yeah, I appreciate you. And, you know, I, I, I look at you and Mike and I think you guys are, you're, you're, you guys are so incredibly strong and brave to be sharing your story and putting it out there and just know how many people you're helping. Um, so where are you guys can, at? Where are you, where, we live in Nashville. Where do you live? Okay. I'm, I'm in New York in the city, York, but okay. when things open up, I hope to cross paths, you know? Oh, we definitely will. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, cool. um, where can our listeners find you, Zach? I, I think my Instagram handle is Z-A-C-W-Clark. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, That's why we love them. Release yeah. recoveries, release, like let go, release recovery.com. And then our nonprofit is releaserecoveryfoundation.org. Uh, call the main line, hit us up. My email is Zach at uh, releaserecovery.com. I respond to emails like if it's an email of purpose, not if you're just saying hi and you saw me on the show. <laughs> you Bye. know how many emails you're going to get now. <laughs> right? just, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. We're handling them. Uh, Your Instagram is ZW Clark. <laughs> oh, there you go. Cool. Maybe, my, maybe my Twitter. 
You are exactly so funny. And that's how I know you're my kind of guy yeah, right there. Because Mike I, doesn't have social media. I don't so have he none just of that. I only make him do social media once a week on mine, Mike Mondays. <laughs> and then I'm like, give me a day off. So um yeah, yeah, but thank you so much, Zach. Appreciate it and hope to see you in either New York or Nashville. All right, guys. Peace and love. See you Thanks, soon. Zach. Thanks, okay, Zach. Bye appreciate bye. you, brother. Bye. Late. Later. Oh, he was so sweet. Oh my gosh. Like just, I mean, I knew he was going to be like that, you know, he just like to say that that's how, you know, somebody's so cool is when they're like the same person, no matter what, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I mean, he's just like who he, he's so confident. Yes. Very confident, very comfortable. And you, and it just naturally oozes out of him. Mm-hmm. You just, you can experience it even through a computer screen. Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys would be really good friends. Yeah, we'd be bros. Mm-hmm. We'd be bros. Oh my God, and you and Tasha would totally, oh, love each other. <laughs> and then, like, because, you know, Pittsburgh Pam, you know, like, you can come over oh, too. We'd and we have can just so much fun. Hang. Um, let's take a break, and then let's go to some emails. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. You wake up with a sore throat and a low grade fever. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are, well, get sicker and miss work. 
hope to see a doctor this week or sit hours in a crowded urgent care waiting room. Nope, not me. I have a smarter option because listen, as a mom, we cannot afford to get sick. So therefore moms, I got something for you. My medical emergency kit. When you get your own medical emergency kit, you just match your symptoms to the doctor recommended prescription in your kit. No waiting to see the doctor. You get well faster. This is not a first aid kit. It's like having an urgent care in your home. It includes doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues like COVID, strep throat, pneumonia, all kinds of infections, including UTIs and many more. Plus a doctor's guide. So you'll know exactly which med to take and how. As a working mom of three, like I said, I cannot afford to get sick and I definitely don't have hours to spend in the urgent care waiting room. My medical emergency kit brings me peace of mind. It makes me feel so much better knowing I can be prepared for whatever might come up. And also with a young little baby, I gotta stay healthy. I recently used the anti-nausea medication included in the kit. I was shocked by how much better I felt after taking it. The instructions in the kit are super clear and easy to understand. And I'm so glad I have my medical emergency kit on hand. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash Jana and use promo code Jana. That's promo code Jana at twc.health slash Jana. Mark, what do you got for us? Okay, this is a heavy one. This is from Anonymous. I emailed a couple of years ago and told you about discovering my husband's sex addiction. Ever since then, we went to counseling and he even connected with Mike at the beginning. Things had been better, but about a year ago, he stopped counseling and we've had some rocky times, but it seemed to still be on the path to trust being regained. Fast forward to recently, we bought our first home. Now we have a two and a half year old and I'm eight months pregnant. Two days ago, I received a message I had been hoping to never see. Oh, no. It was a woman telling me with proof of screenshots that she's been seeing my husband for a few months and apologizing for not knowing he was married. Oh. I'm at a complete loss. I'm due with our second child in three weeks. I now have a beautiful home that I don't know how to care for or live in on my own. What the hell do I do? I stopped setting expectations long ago and knew this was a possibility, but I am still in shock. I know it wasn't done to intentionally hurt me, but obviously I'm heartbroken. Looking for any advice you have to offer, I'm pretty certain I can't stay in this marriage as he didn't follow through with the things I had asked. My heart breaks for you because it is the worst when you feel betrayed again and to see that come up. And I can't even imagine being pregnant, almost do, like I like that just broke my heart. Do you remember talking to him? And I know you've talked to a few dudes. Yeah, I would have to look back. I mean, it sounds like he maybe didn't do the like kind of like what you and Zach talked about. Like he he maybe he didn't do the the treatment, you know, like cuz like you kind of said, counseling sometimes you need the bigger yeah, the man. bigger push to to you got to it's like you have to get out of reality to start experiencing re- reality almost like you have to you have to get out of the, the world and just go into this place of just constant spiritual and in, 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 uh, introspection to figure out this stuff can i play devil's advocate though just for a second yeah because if i was her 
I would say, well, I mean, you went to treatment. You almost had someone show up at the hotel room Mm -hmm. a year, almost a year and a half, two years later. So then clearly treatment didn't work. Well, that... Does that... Do you see what I'm trying to like? So it's like what... Yeah, well, you're making it black and white, Uh which I understand. But it's... Unfortunately, it's not. It's not... There's not... You know, just like Zach was saying on the the thing, it's like there's not a playbook for this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like, all right, if you go to inpatient treatment, then you're good. You know what I mean? It's, It's something you live with for the rest of your life. It's a disease you live with for the rest of your life. So... You know, and that, but that's part of the thing too. That was by my biggest knock on the treatment I went to was they don't, all you do is talk about yourself and figure out your own shit. Mm-hmm. And then you step out into the world and you can get, we, and you get your teeth kicked in by reality. Wait, can we just talk about that for just one second before we get back to this email? Because I'll never forget the phone call that you made to me when you got out of rehab. And I quote, Hey, where are you at? I need my my computer. And I was like, "What? I'm sorry. Excuse me." And you go, "I need my computer. It's mine, Jana. I have a right to have my stuff." And I'm like, "That's well, not the first." Pretty much. And you you're like, "No." And you go, "I was like, well, we need to download things." And you're like, "I have." And then you started to go like, "I have my rights. I have no, this." And I, I'm like, well, "You don't have." Because I'm like, I'm like broken over here. Because they I'm teach like, you about boundaries, but again, they don't. They, they only talk you. about they talk about your own self care and not the people you've destroyed. <laughs> yeah. And so I come out like, listen here, lady, I'm I a, got boundaries. I've got boundaries, and, and I. Jana's like, go f- your boundaries. It's <laughs> yeah. like, no, 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 no. I get a few MRF, MFers so, in there. So there's yeah, there's that there's that learning curve to <laughs> to come back into reality after you're in this safety pink cloud bubble of you know, inpatient rehab, but... Okay, but back to this girl, though. Right. I mean, obviously, she wanted to work on the... Obviously, she was willing to stay in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand when you said, I don't know if I could stay in this marriage now. And that's the same thing that I kind of felt when, you know, when we, um, you know, when that relapse happened and I found out I was pregnant with Jace. Like, I totally get that feeling. Having said that, if you're not out now, I don't feel like you're going to get out because you still are holding hope that maybe he can change, which is why I kind of always stayed too. Because you're like holding hope, but you have to, you're going to need to, if you want to stay because you love him, obviously you have another baby on the way with him. You're going to have to set real clear boundaries if you haven't already. Does that make sense? Like she's going to have to be like, look, you you go to treatment kind of like what I said to you I was like go figure stuff out and you need to go check into treatment which mm-hmm. is so hard for a mom that's about to have a baby you know I, what I mean? I know. I, and already yeah. a toddler at home but I mean maybe that's that's their last ditch hope to maybe f- save their marriage I don't know Pam what do you think yeah you know I mean I've you know dealt with this as a child and you know wait you're my mom cheated no, just, you know, like the whole boundaries and like addiction oh, and things. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, like my mom finally after so many times was like, you know, she we, she had two little kids, you know, the same thing, like what had no, you know, house. And but she she there was too many boundaries broken constantly and she did leave. 
Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a point when you're just like you know you're done. Yeah. You know like you, it gets important like I'm done. And mm-hmm. and my friends and always said like you'll just know. It's an it'll be just be like you're done. Having said that, something ha- has to happen here where she sees some kind of something that he's I think willing to do to to fight for the marriage because clearly he's an active addiction. And it's got to be significant. Oh, well, that's what I mean like treatment Like or and if it's not because of the life situation they're in with a baby on the way and she doesn't want to add even more stress or pain. I mean, that's her decision to make up, but whatever boundary she puts in place, as long as it's not harmful or belittling or disrespectful to him. Like what? Like you can't leave the house. You, yeah. Like, like mm. you can't do anything at all except for go to work and come like, you know what I mean? Like you still have to have some understanding of, whatever but i'm not saying go out to the bars i'm not saying do anything social like that but if he wants to go and just have a beer at a buddy's house or something and life 360 needs to be on the phone covenant eyes covenant eyes no more social media yeah no social media wipe out anything that can be an outlet for that um so he is he is put in this lane and it as a guy Especially who's someone in active addiction and, and doing stuff, he's going to be defiant towards it probably. He's going to have issues. He's going to feel like, I feel like a child. Well, you're acting like a child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that I had to deal with and, and overcome for a long time. Um, Mark, I feel like you got something, boo. That's just the thing. Every path I go down is a dead end. Mm. Like, she needs to focus on herself. Well, she can't. She has a two-year-old and a baby on the way. Mm -hmm. She needs to cut him off completely. Well, she can't because they're his kids, too. Mm -hmm. She needs to figure out if he wants to be in this or not. No, she doesn't. It's up to her because he's messed up so many times. So Mm -hmm. it's so out of my realm of expertise, even after listening to Zach and after knowing you guys for so many weeks, I still have no idea what to tell this poor woman, Mm -hmm. except that she needs to somehow find a way to figure out what she wants in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think thinking, it's more about her, you know. Because yeah, I it's got to like, be. Yeah, yeah. Go to mom's house. Mm-hmm. That's what my mom just, did. And just hang there for as long as you can mm-hmm. and let him figure out his stuff. Does that mean he misses the birth of his child? Yeah, maybe. But I guess that's on him. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry, babe. I'm I'm sorry. I. Yeah, that yeah. Was, it, it sucks. And so... Like but, Mark is saying, it's 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 your call, it's your decision on what you want, and we know it's not easy. And so we're just kind of talking through options that you have. Because she is stuck with him for life in some way. Maybe Correct. not in a relationship, but as the father of her kids, he's going to be around forever. So what does that become? What does that turn into? Maybe we wait a couple of months and let everything settle down before we kind of have a conversation. And what did you know what Jana's therapist told her is like, was it no major life decisions in the first six to twelve months? Mm-hmm. no major life decisions so she that's the thing i think she needs to realize let the storm settle she doesn't have to make the, the decision right now yeah that's good advice nothing's gonna change if you make the decision right now just, but yeah but if you are gonna considering just like he has to go by those boundaries of getting off social media life 360 on the phones covenant eyes on the computers and that's not to baby them or be their parent, that's for just safety. protection and for safety for both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be thinking of you and please email us and let us know um, how we can help you more. And if you like me to talk to him again, then have him reach out again. Have him reach out um, yeah. or email our, what's our iHeart email? 
wind down at iheartradio.com. Boom. So yeah, if your husband wants to email us there, uh, iHeart team will get that to me and we'll go from there. Do we have any other ones, Mark? Uh, we do. Uh, Melissa. Is it, is it a total downer? Uh, the bottom line is she has a 19-month-old son with her husband. She wants baby number two, but husband is dead set on not having another. She says, I can't imagine my son being only child and being alone in holiday events and always needing daycare or a play date for social interaction. I bring it up every few months, but it always ends up with me sobbing and him telling me no. He's embarrassed by the person he was when my son was a newborn and our marriage almost didn't survive. He's afraid he'll become that awful person again and our marriage won't survive the second time. I can't accept that he's accepting the behavior and not willing to work on it and try for the sake of my needs of being a mother. How do I navigate this? Rough week in the emails. Yeah, I think there's a little bit more to this one. I mean... He's embarrassed by the person he was. He's saying he wasn't a good person when they had the newborn and he doesn't want to be that person again. But to me, that's kind of like a you know, an excuse to something else. Mm. I think there's a little bit more deeper than that. Yeah, it's a hundred percent work he needs to do. He needs to man the fuck up. But you know, if it's not something he wants though, I mean I think Yeah, you know, that's like different say, man, that's different than saying yeah. he doesn't want to be the person he was when this their first son was a newborn. Sure, then work on yourself. Yeah, he's right. not saying he doesn't want another kid. He's like turning it now into all about him. Right. Which mm. is not fair. And saying that this newborn had that much effect on him negatively, which sucks to hear. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not encouraging. So, how do you navigate it? If you're under 32, divorce him. <laughs> if you're, you still got time to find someone else. If you're over, you got to do you some therapy, just, yeah. man. <laughs> Do some therapy and then therapy there. Just hold them a little tighter when you guys have sex. <laughs> Bridgerton is ass. Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah, I would I would try to get a third party involved here. Because nothing you say, Melissa, will be able to uh will enlighten him. Unfortunately, from the sounds of it. He's stuck in his around this, so he needs a third party to mm. talk this out. We agree and we also um are going to choose the Bridgerton Act. Bridgerton Act. Bridgerton Act. <laughs> um, great show, guys. Pittsburgh Pam, thanks for joining us. Always happy to be with you. All right, guys. See you next week. Later. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. 
We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.